This week in Teams, we continue our exploration of Microsoft Viva with Stephanie Donahue, Regional Director, Microsoft MVP, and founder of The Pape Group, discussing how Viva Insights is the next logical step in understanding how your workforce works. Everybody, Jay Leesk, this week in Teams video cast with Craig Janke, and we're very excited to have on the call today Stephanie Donahue, the um, co-founder of the Pay Group, regional director, and Microsoft MVP, and uh, co-host of TechSplain podcast, all to talk about Viva Insights, um, which is the second or third—I don't know exactly where we are in the series—episode uh, in this mini series talking about the different modules of Microsoft Viva. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Nice to have you. Uh, Jake, this is the second one because we just did the overview last time. So, (laughs) Frankly, I wasn't sure which was getting released in what order, and that's why I said it. Well, now you're going to release this one next. So There you go. (laughs) (laughs) On the fly decision making. (laughs) So, Stephanie, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, what you do, all the fun stuff. Yeah, so I, uh, as you mentioned, I co-founded the Pate Group. So we do Office 365 consulting services, very much focused around the collaboration tools. So we work a lot with Microsoft Teams and SharePoint, where most of our team is kind of the old school legacy SharePoint. We've kind of modernized ourselves these days. And uh, so my role specifically, though, outside of just managing people, I, I spend a lot of time with customers and helping them through the strategy and the road mapping of how do we get from where we are to day into a modern workplace and all the kind of working pieces and parts that go along with that. So I was excited that you asked me to come on today to talk about Viva Insights. We're getting a ton of questions about that right now, too. And and what's this Viva thing and where is it going? So having lots of those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Viva's getting a lot of, of, of traction right now, a lot of interest, a lot of people trying to figure out a, what parts of it are available today and what do those parts mean to me? And then what's the future look like for it? And we're already seeing a lot of very quick growth, as we talked about in the last episode. Um, you know, Microsoft just announced the the acquisition of Ally.io, which is going to become a fifth module. Old days. So I think that's general enough. We could probably keep that in, but I, I awesome. could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, I'll get fired and thanks. Jay for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's focus on the module that is in public release, Viva Insights. We uh, Craig and I have done a bunch of workshops on um, uh, uh, workplace analytics, um, which helps organizations to understand how are our employees using their time, but not from necessarily from a Big Brother perspective, but from a um, you know organizational awareness and growth perspective. Um, and Viva Insights seems to provide some complement to that, if not the next step. Uh, Stephanie, do you want to talk a little bit about how those match and what Viva Insights is? Yeah, and I think um, it, it, there's a lot of 
chatter around, you know, what is this thing that's hitting my mailbox? Because I think that's the first thing that comes to mind when people go, oh, Viva Insights, that's the, the email I get every day when I sit down at my desk in the morning, I come in and I have this, this great email. Um, and, and sometimes they're a little confused because it used to be called my analytics. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I yeah, so that's kind of where the conversation's starting right now on just the personal side of Viva Insights and, and getting that in front of people and saying, okay, well, this is kind of my personal productivity space. I get an email in the morning. It gives some suggestions on what's coming into my inbox and some things that I might need to remember to do every day, which, you know, to be honest, I've actually been using myself and uh, I add some things to my to-do list. Uh, based on what this email is sending me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe I should follow up with that person <laughs> today. <laughs> so it's been some good reminders like that. And um, I think what's interesting about all of this is that, you know, from Teams now, we can also get access to some of that personal data and learn a little more about some of our habits. Um, another one that it, it pings me on is like, hey, uh, you respond to your emails too quickly. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe block some time to work on your emails and that way you can focus in other parts of your day. So the, the, the personal side of Viva, um, Viva Insights, I think is really interesting. Um, to kind of give you just a little bit of heads up on what's going on in your day and maybe how to do things a little bit better. I don't know. Are, do you guys get those emails? What 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 bad habits do you, do you two have? <laughs> so the one I get is um, maybe you should wait till working hours to send this email. So schedule it till like <laughs> seven in the morning. No reason to send it at one at night to a night because I'm one of those people that go to bed late and I will think of something on my way to bed. I'm like, oh, I should have sent this email out. So I'll go type it and then it'll say to do it. Um, I did see an interesting thing on Twitter. Um, somebody put it. It's if you send out an email at like 7 p.m., people look at you and go, what are you working so hard for? But if you send it out at 7 a.m., they think that you're a go-getter and an early riser and that it's got to be important. So they will respond to it. <laughs> so Wow. Um, the psychological thing there. And, I, and it does make sense to me because I know like whenever, you know, anybody sends me an email at seven in the morning, you're like, wow, they're up early and they're working hard. But you don't get as much uh, you don't get as much positive feedback when you're up late doing it. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about the difference in what it's like to get a late email versus an early email. I, I will add to that, like um, one of our managers has a in his byline on his email. And it says, my working hours may not be yours. Don't, you know, don't feel like you have to respond to this right away. And I appreciate that. But um, it's, it is interesting to see insights start bringing that kind of information to the table uh, to let us know. I, I, I hadn't heard the, you, you're responding too quickly, but I like that it's kind of reminding you, you're allowed to focus, frankly, like, um, and, and that's what I like coming out of this. You know, I, I, I try to look at the um, email I get every morning prepping me for my day. Um, and on the days where I'm coming in late, you know, when I eventually get to it, it is nice to see the list of things that it it thinks are actions for me that might have come up in the previous email or something or related to a meeting. So I, I do appreciate that kind of information that's coming out of it. I will say a second one, and I've heard it from several of my customers who are using it, is the reminder that, hey, does this need to be an hour-long meeting, maybe 50 minutes, so that you can have like a little bit of time off between meetings? Because we have so many back-to-back, -back, especially with they're all, they're all virtual. You don't have that time. You know, when it's done, you just can't walk out of it. So, yeah. Um, 
That has and, been useful. And I don't know if this came with Viva or not, but I, I remember in the last six or so months, it, uh, I saw inf information about how to change your default scheduling times. So I don't schedule 55 or 60 and 30 minute meetings. I schedule 50 or 55 and 25 minute meetings specifically so that that break exists. And I, I think if it wasn't for Microsoft Teams's little purple pop-up that tells you, hey, this meeting ends in five minutes, I would probably never see it. But yeah, um, that yeah. has been nice too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny too, with people trying to be more efficient, there is a big push for doing shorter meetings. But what I found, you, you do have to do like 45 minutes instead of an hour or like 25 minutes instead of 30 because I have so many people that want to go to 30 minute meetings, but then I call it death by 30 minute meetings because your productivity, you end up like back to back to back to back to back. And, right. and then your 30 minute meetings rarely end early. 30, yep. So then you literally can't move from your desk for a period yep. of three to four hours. And, and I found myself caught in that. So I'm very much getting into this whole, you know, Viva Insight suggestions of like, would you like to block? two hours of focus time. Well, yes, I would. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. I would like nobody else to block on top of that though. So right. That, that yes. Is true. And, and that's also a cultural habit thing, right? Cause you know, the project manager anxious to get work done kind of pops in there and says, Hey, can I have this block? I know it's focus time, but can I have it anyway? It's kind yeah. of getting comfortable with the idea of saying, no, that's my focus time. And I'd like to keep that. And uh, it's okay to push something back a couple days. And, you know, there's always the occasion where you have to block over it. But we're, at least at Pate Group, we're trying really, really hard to, to follow that focus time. And, and it's helpful, I think. I, one thing I've done personally is if I block the focus time for a week out, you know, as I get into that week, I actually go edit those meetings to put a list of things I'm working on so that when I get to that focus time, I actually can focus rather than spending the first half of it going, what am I doing anyway? <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. this time off. Wow. Right. I can so, go refill my coffee. Well, that might be the most productive thing I can do at the beginning of that block is to caffeine up. Yeah. Yes, we need to, <laughs> need to make sure we're, we're all ready. Um, but I do have a question. So you did mention you're getting asked a lot about your from your customers. What kind of questions are they asking you about Viva Insights? Yeah, and I, I think it's it's kind of trying to get beyond, okay, well, I understand the personal side of things, but what else does Viva Insights do? And one of the big questions we're getting is, I've heard it can help us with this whole return to work thing, right? So like we've, we've got all these questions about what do are people actually working from home? Um, is this something that can help us answer that question? Um, you know, they're, they're starting to hear about these things, but they're not really sure, like, well, is it is it really helpful? Is it really something we can do? Um, because I, I think they all enjoy the Viva Insights personal aspects of it, and I think they're using it. Um, but I, a lot of the questions that are coming in now are really based more organizationally, because um, they are starting to, you know, attend webinars and, and hear about this thing and going, okay, well, how do we use this at a bigger level? And, and what is this all about? And so I think it's, we're kind of easing into that space. And, you know, you also get the other side of that, like, well, I just need to make sure my employees are working. And that's, you know, <laughs> we try to talk them back from that ledge. This isn't yeah, that's lessons, a right? <laughs> Let's monitoring tool. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me ask that you that was a really good transition. How isn't this just a big brother machine? Like why isn't this just reporting on when my employees are working, for example? And either of you are welcome to jump on that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the thing that jumped out at me, um, and I'm sure Craig can answer this in more detail, um, but so so FYI, up front, I have just passed my Viva Insights specialist, so I have my badge now. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm excited (laughs) about that. So I've been learning about all this stuff and just starting to work with customers. I know you guys have a lot more workshops, um, but something that stuck out to me as I was going through the process of learning more about this um, is really the number of people that you need to have kind of in that management structure in order to gain information about what's going on. Being able to kind of protect the data so that you don't know actually who has those behaviors, but just in general what the trends are within that group of people. And I I think it originally was 10, Craig, you can correct me on this, they might have brought that number down, but you had to have like at least 10 people within a management structure, might have been brought down to five. So it's interesting. It's 10 or they tell you that it's 10. Yeah. Um, to, for the for what the, the tool will display if you go into the workplace analytics and look at that. Um, I've heard that it's not necessarily having to be a direct reporting structure, so I don't have to have them as direct reports, but the system's smart enough to figure out like a dotted line reporting. That being said, if you want to run the Power BI reports, the Power BI reports will let you get down to five. So, okay, because um, it will ask you when you go to import it in, do we want to look at, you know, what, what do we want to look at? So you can get down a little bit farther and then um, to, to do that. So, but yeah, they're, they're bringing the data in. It's just bringing in the metadata from the meetings. It's not analyzing the actual test, uh, text of chats, emails, those kind of things. And then we de-identify it as best we can. Um, you know, there's always going to be data there that if I really wanted to dive through it deep enough and I know enough about the organization, I could probably figure out exactly what Jay is doing um, and figure out who he is. But then that goes to it's a partnership, right? We want to make sure that um, you as a customer have things in place to to kind of guard line that. So we we do as much as we can. I'm going to say me is Microsoft, right? Um, sorry. But, Craig, the personal developer for VPN. Yeah, we do as the Microsoft <laughs> does as much as it can to make it, um, you know, uh, what do they call that? You know, protected. But obviously, it's a it's a joint venture. We just we put all our things in place and hopefully, the, you know, the customer does too um, to do that. So we're and again, like you said, it's it's trying to look at trends over time and see where we can make those improvements. And I, I don't know if that was the answer to the question because I thought it was talking and I forgot what the actual question was. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was something about Big Brother. But that, that that was definitely a long-winded yes. addition to the question, yes. Um, so, so we're talking about what, you know, what you're getting out of it. But um, Stephanie, what is Viva Insights looking at when when it's trying to figure out are you working too much or too little or whatever insights it's providing? What what is it looking at? And and if it makes sense, what is it inter- integrating with um, across the M365 platform? Yeah, so in kind of referencing something we talked about earlier, right? When we talked, um, I think Craig mentioned, yeah, it's telling me like, you know, you send emails after hours. So one of the main things it's looking at uh, would be Outlook in your messaging and not necessarily what are you putting in the message? It's looking at when are you sending that? What time is it? You know, what, um, so you have the set of working hours. So you say, you know, eight to five is your default. 
that's what it's going off of. Um, but if you're constantly working, you know, seven to three, you do have the ability to go in and, and kind of mess with those working hours so that that information can be accurate. So that is something to consider, especially like shift workers, people that aren't working a normal eight to five, you do want to have that setting changed so that their information can be accurate. Otherwise, it's going to give you like, hey, you're sending emails after hours. Well, technically, I'm supposed to do that, right? Because that's my shift. Um, so those are, it, it is looking at Outlook. Um, but it, again, it's not really like digging in. It's it's really kind of looking at that bigger picture and going, okay, what meetings are you sending? How long are your meetings? Who are you collaborating with? Um, and looking at uh, you know your messaging. When are you sending messages and things like that? So it's really kind of looking at that higher level from a productivity standpoint. Who are you collaborating with? What are those documents? And and kind of what's the timing of all of that happening? And at a, at a high level, I think that's kind of the biggest things that jumped out at me. Yeah, I, I I I was giving Craig a chance to see if he had a follow up. <laughs> I was going to follow up, but I was waiting to make sure that she was stopped and that you weren't going to jump in. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it does exactly as Stephanie said. But the, I think part of it too, the underlying platforms was maybe what you were getting at too. So it does it from Exchange or Outlook. And it looks at that the emails, the calendar, um, and then it pulls in information from Teams to look at the Teams calendar, the team chats. Um, and calls and things that you're doing there. So they're trying to be more robust. And and then it merges that data or it can merge that data. It depends on how you run the different queries and, and things you want to see. Um, yeah, so you can see who attends meetings and things like that. Um, and, and part of it is, is interesting. So I'm going to go off a little bit is it can't be exact based on that nature, right? Because I can schedule a meeting for, for both of us or all three of us of us to to attend which is fine if it's on teams i could probably figure out if you attended it right but if we're in person in a conference room i can't tell if you two went so unless i go and fill out a report that says these two you know stephanie and jay showed up it's just got to go by who accepted it okay right so bringing that so if you're triple booking yourself you're kind of confusing the, the system yeah, especially <laughs> if you're accepting it all um yeah. so and then yeah. interesting I am definitely triple booked a lot. So I, I, I haven't really looked at what that does to my numbers. I'm, I'd be curious now. You will show up on the conflicting meetings report. So, Oh, nice. That Do would... I get a part of that report? Like, does it tell me, hey, you have a lot of conflicting meetings or is that just up to management? Well, I think that comes over in Viva Insights, but there are reports that we could run. Um, that's actually important ones. I think one of the out-of-the-box ones from a, from a manager's perspective is managers that are double booked um, when you're doing one-on-ones. So that becomes gotcha. important. So but, so when it, when it comes to the conversations with you're having with your customer, Stephanie, um, are there any particular things they're looking for um, that they're excited about? Or is this really just an exploration at this point for them? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a lot of exploration, but they usually come with some core business issue, right? They're saying, I need to solve X. Is this tool going to help me solve that? Um, And and as I mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of concern around return to work and, and hybrid work and who is working in the office and who's working together. Who do we bring back together if we're kind of pacing people and bringing them in at different times? So I think that's a lot of it. Um, there's also a lot of concern around 
um, what they call it, the great resignation, right? Where there's a lot of people transitioning, a lot of new employees, a lot of how do we keep people happy if they're here. Um, So a lot of those concerns that I I think that Viva Insights can really be helpful for, you know, being able to help them um, with understanding, are they overworked? Are, you know, as you're seeing a lot of after hours efforts, so you can tell within Viva Insights dashboards, like who's working after hours and kind of the, the sentiment behind those people over X amount of hours every single week tend to be less um, satisfied with their job than the people working in the neighborhood of, you know, maybe 40 to 45 hours. Um, and then in the same sense, you can actually see who's working less than 40. Maybe they're underutilized. Um, maybe they need a little more attention or more work to do. They could also be less satisfied because they don't feel like they're contributing. So being able to look at dashboards like that and, and be able to say, okay, even though my team's not in the office today, I still have a good understanding for who's productive and, and maybe who I need to take another look at and make sure that they've got enough staffing or that they have enough to do and, and make those kinds of adjustments. Um, since I maybe don't have as much day-to-day interaction with them in person. So can I ask who's asking, like which parts of the organization? Cause I've seen it come from several different places. So that's always an interesting conversation. Yes. And uh, it's definitely not coming from IT, right? Which I, I think is a <laughs> shift. A lot of times we see the tech come from the IT side of the house. And actually if IT reaches, reaches out, it's because it's either H, a lot of times it's HR, and or communications. And they're reaching out and saying, they bought this tool, they need our help implementing then configuring it. Um, can you help us? We don't even know what to do with this. Because <laughs> right. that's not in the nature of IT to truly right. kind of dig in and understand the business need. And well, how do we configure a tool that's really aimed at like the business organization? How are they structured? What goals do they have? Um, it's it's really more of kind of a blended role of configuring something with the business strongly in mind. So it, it's kind of a different uh, different angle than we're used to taking on the IT side. Yeah, yeah I, I think this the entire employee experience platform, uh, Viva itself, is is less of an IT tool set and and more of a of of what are what are my employees doing and how do we I, I like I like your reference to the great resignation is is how do we keep them happy educated um, successful um, in, in making sure that that we as an organization continue to progress so that's definitely you know a situation where IT might be providing the tool but definitely not leading the charge on what to do with the tool yeah yeah I. I, I like it. Um, Viva Insights is what I've been doing a little bit more of uh, with regards of the Viva platform, but just the interesting conversations that, that you now get that you didn't normally have in IT. So can we talk about what what tools or what skills do you think somebody needs, like somebody like yourself who's going to be working with the, the customer, um, helping them implement it? I think this is an interesting question because this this is a really challenging space because I think you have to understand enough about the tech to understand what's there and to be able to present it, but at the same time, be super comfortable in the space of saying, hey, I'm going to sit down with business users who don't know, you know, it's kind of when you start with SharePoint, right? You don't go in and you say, what do you want on your SharePoint site? Because they're going to be like, right. what's a SharePoint, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's not the technical conversation. So you, if you do the same thing with Viva, well, what do you want to know? And they're like, I don't know. You, yeah. you have to start from kind of backwards and say, well, what's the business challenge that you're trying 
to, to figure out here. So when you look at a skill set, who can do that? Um, it's like a business analyst space, but rather than focusing on you know technical implementation needs, you're really focused on business need. And what am I hearing? What are the pain points? What are the concerns that my executive leaders have with the organization as a whole? Those are the people you're really wanting opinions on. What are they concerned about? What's leading? You know, you say, what's the top of your list right now? Um, those are the people you want to be able to talk to. And that's a totally different um, level and a totally different skill set because they, they don't want to talk about how to configure it. They don't want to talk about what departments you have. They, right. they want to address those bigger, high level issues. So do you, well, where do you see this growing with, with organizations? Um, you know, where, what else do you see insights providing them? Is it, is it to fully defined or, or do you see more coming out of that? I guess is the weird question. Craig, I'll let you run with this one first. I have a few thoughts. So I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts since I know you've been involved in this in a little while and I have a good idea of where it is today, but but I'd love to know your thoughts first. I will say it's interesting because I've seen a couple different approaches for it. So I've seen, as, as Stephanie said, HR says they want it, they buy it, they give it to IT. IT starts implementing it, but they don't know what why. There's no why there. Um, so they will run some reports, they'll give it to HR, and HR may or may not do something with that, or, or they might. Um, or I've seen it where somebody just bought the licenses to it for IT, and now they think they have to implement it. So um, that's become interesting. But I've seen some pretty good um, implementations were driven by HR, but they were smart enough to bring in partners from IT and an analyst. So they've, they've not tackled this as a one thing. So they've created a team to do it. And then they start going, what are the low hanging fruits? So want to manage your one-on-ones or let's look at meeting culture is my last customer. So they're really digging into the meeting culture and doing things like what happens if we can schedule it, our meetings to be 45 minutes, right? Let's look at the redundant meetings, the 20 redundant meetings that are not redundant, but um, what do they call it when they're they're scheduled? So reoccurring meetings, sorry. Oh, yeah. So let's look at reoccurring meetings and, and do that um, and see where we can start streamlining that. Does everybody who's invited to these need to be um, need to be invited to it, right? Maybe we can do some of the delegating and just send certain people to that and have them report back and not everybody need to do that. Um, so they will create use cases like that. And then as they start digging in it, they'll start looking at the data and going, well, we're getting all this other data back out of it. What can we use that for? Um, and one of the things that I like about the tool is there's a number of built-in Power BI templates and reports for that. And Stephanie had mentioned the return to work. So there is a scenario for that. And if you start going through the documentations, they built out several, I think there's about six or seven use cases where there's whole presentations for it and guidelines as to, hey, you may want to look at this and this is may, how you may want to build the report to do that. Um, so they've done a really good job with that. Um, but I'll turn it back to Stephanie. <laughs> what do you think? Where, where would you like to see it go, maybe? Um, 
Yeah, and I I think a lot of times right now, especially the licensing and the cost around doing something like this, you kind of have to prove yourself. Well, where are we going to prove that this is valuable? And anytime that we can come up with some kind of return on investment, I think that's, you know, really where the bells go off. And and you think, well, you know, how do we know? We've always said for years, um, kind of going back to the SharePoint example, that's my background, right? We've always said, well, if you haven't measured productivity be- to begin with, how would you know if Teams or SharePoint made you more productive later? We finally right. have the tool to help us do that. This is going to tell us how do we get more productive? Well, if we have X number of people in X number of meetings and we're losing, you know, Y amount in billing because they're in too many meetings, that's a direct ROI. And that's something that we can start working through using Viva Insights. So I would love to see, you know, anytime we can look at that ROI and say, this industry runs into this scenario a lot. We've found that they have a lot of productivity increase or whatever, it directly impacts revenue. Anytime we can get a report like that, I think this thing will go crazy, right? Um, This is what we've all needed for a really long time. I'm hoping to be able to find more of those specific scenarios. And I think that's, um, you know, Craig mentioned there's certain dashboards and, and certain workshops you can kind of focus in on, the more of those use cases we can find, I think that the better this tool will be and continue to be um, so yeah, the ROI I think is huge and, and definitely something that I'll be looking for as we work through this. It's, it's not just about making people feel good. I think the other sell is going to be, um, you know, really proving out why that ends up being true. You know, we do want happy employees, but that does result in better products, better businesses, happier customers. And that shows on a revenue side. I, I, I like that tie back. So um, the ability to, as as more features come into the tool or as it integrates with other systems, um, the ability to see how successful are those implementations and should we continue to invest in them? It's an interesting, interesting way to look at that from a, a corporate perspective, an organizational perspective. Um, so... It, where would you like to see, you know, Viva um, a, a, as a whole go next? You know, it's 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 bringing all of these pieces together. What would you like to see next out of it? That's a big question. I feel like there's so many. It does all the things, right? It's like you hop on a call with a customer and they're like, "Tell me about Viva," and you're like, "Where do I even start?" Right? Because right? you've you've got all these components and modules and different things you can do. Um, I think that the second piece of this and what I'm really interested in, um, I think even outside of insights is the connections piece and and you know being able to bring different systems together. And at some point, could we have insights also be able to glean insights from some of that? connectivity. I don't know. I'd love, I'd love to see that as well. I think who's using what, um, how much are they using those tools and being able to get things from the frontline workers versus corporate and, and being able to see some of those interactions. Uh, there's some really interesting capabilities here. I don't know. I'm probably reaching at this point. I feel like Viva's still in its, you know, it's kind of maybe a toddler at this point. It's still, it's, it's got so much potential, um, but I think we've got a long ways to go there too. Yeah. I think the interoperability between the modules will be really big. I think that's a good wish list item. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot coming together, and I didn't until you start talking about it and seeing it implemented. I didn't get it, um, but I was I had a customer the other day uh, a couple of weeks ago. They're doing like a 
a hackathon, right, um, to kind of figure out what people should do. And, and one of the big things was to be more collaborative and know who your, your SMEs are and be able to go to a place to search for that and search for content. And, and be able to do it. And really what they did, it was design a use case for connections and, and topics, which is not in this, what we're talking about. But then I, I started th thinking about it, like it's, you've got to have planning behind those with your SharePoint site, right? You're underneath for connections is, is SharePoint, bringing modern SharePoint into teams with some other stuff. And then topics is that search and being able to bring that that through all of our 365 into that. So those got to be thought out. They got to be built. They got to be well. And then if you can start adding into, as you were just talking about, getting some insights out of that and what they're doing and how they're searching and bringing that all into one platform, it starts to become a more pop, a more powerful story than just, oh, connections is bringing SharePoint into my teams, right? Topics is just bringing right. search into teams. But you start getting some of that interrelated, connected diff and built on a solid platform, which we're hoping somebody like the paid group can help you with. Yes. <laughs> I'll plug for, for you. <laughs> so, there it is. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that, that maybe that's worth mentioning is that this is all just built on SharePoint and Teams. And it's just another layer. We get so many comments about, well, I want this Viva thing. How do I migrate away from SharePoint and into Viva, right? It's like, well, yeah. not exactly how that works, right? You can go from SharePoint on-premises to SharePoint online and then, you know, use Viva connections for desktop to be able to produce that, that homepage within your team's application. Yeah. And then you can layer on topics on top of that throughout, team, right? So it's like this layering more so than moving away from legacy SharePoint or legacy apps into Viva. So I think that that's a probably kind of an area of confusion that we'll, we'll definitely be working with our customers and helping them understand how one, they're kind of like Legos or building blocks that kind of work together and, and layer on top as well. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. And again, until you start actually having to try to have to explain it to people, it does. It, that's when it started setting in. It's like, okay, I get what they are, but why? And then trying to explain value to somebody. And then like, like there were light bulbs for me coming on. Oh, this is what they're asking for. And this is how this can fill that. I get it now. So, yep. so, so Stephanie, uh, if, if somebody's, you know, listen to this conversation and they're curious about more, um, what can you and the paid group do to help them and how do they find you? Sure. So right now we have a couple different workshops, actually. We do have more of a Viva Insights focused workshop. And then we also have a Viva Connections workshop as well, which is really more focused on the Viva Connections for desktop piece and, and that conversion from getting from legacy SharePoint into modern SharePoint and layering Viva kind of on top of that. So um, we do have two different workshops available. You can find us in the Microsoft Store. Actually, we're now published out there. Nice. We've got those workshops out there. Um, and available. And actually, there are, um, depending on the customer, you, there is some funding available as well, where you can get those accelerator workshops funded for you. So um, we'd love to talk to anybody about that. But you guys can find us at Pate Group. It's P-A-I-T-Group.com. And you can find us out on the website. And also, um, like I said, within the, the Microsoft uh, Marketplace. Awesome. Cool. And well, and any any parting words of wisdom you want to leave on on insights or or frankly any of Viva? 
Oh gosh. Um, parting wisdom. This uh, put me on the spot here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say definitely um, do some, you know, maybe work with a partner, do some reading, do some education on it. I know it's a big thing. As, as Craig said, it's, it's kind of hard to get your arms around at first. It's really good if you could get in, talk to someone, see a demo, kind of see it in action. I think it makes a lot more sense kind of in person, getting, getting some demos and, and working through those business use case scenarios are really helpful to understand its power. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining yeah, us you. today. We um, appreciate it for having me. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to talk with you again soon. Thanks, guys. Yes. Have a nice day and hopefully stay dry because um, it's been wet. <laughs> it's been wet in Chicago lately. So um, <laughs> we've had, I think we got three inches of rain overnight. So that is not a small amount. All right. <laughs> fall just came roaring we'll in. Like, how- I get it been so nice and just fall has just come here. It's- found its way. Leaves are falling now. I gotta go read leaves. We know you liked this episode of This Week in Team because you're still listening. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you click the subscribe button, notifications, and go to onthespot.tech for more from This Week in Teams and our sibling podcasts.